This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale, get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. And save up to $700 on ceiling. Talk to a sleep expert and unjunk your sleep today. Mattress Firm. Welcome again to College Talk. I am Russ Coleman, co-host, and with me is Emilio Donnell. This episode is a new feature on College Talk entitled College Talk in the Community. And in this show, we'll be talking to Hugh Thompson and Charles Adamino from the Full Football Club Foundation. This is a wonderful foundation. I definitely want to learn more about it, and we will with our two guests. But before we do anything, I have to first welcome Emilio back to the show. Emilio, how are you doing? I'm okay, thanks, Russ. How are you? How are you? Hi, Hugh. How's Charlie? How are you both doing? We're doing yeah, great. Thanks. Good, thanks. Thanks for having us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, guys, thanks. listen, it's a, a pleasure to have both of you on, and this really is going to be a chance to learn more about the foundation, and uh, we're going to do that in detail. So uh, thank you again for joining us. But before we do that, I just have to mention the sad news of Emiliano Sala, uh, again, it's now been confirmed that his body has been found. It's very sad, Emilio. My thoughts and prayers go out to his family, the Carter City community, and everyone associated with Emiliano Sala. Your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. This is, it's, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's these type of events that gets the whole football community around the world together. We're, the whole world is united in sympathy for for the family, friends of Emiliano, obviously, he came here to resurrect his career, you know, big transfer signing for Cardiff City. It's just unfortunate, the circumstances. But it, what's what's great to see is a whole football community around the world coming together and have shown their appreciation, love and support uh, to the family and friends of, of Emiliano. So, yeah, 
may you rest in peace and you know just absolutely just, just very very sad news it's extremely sad news and uh again i'm just glad that we could talk about it because i've been thinking about this for a long time and and now we have closure the family has closure on it but it's uh, very sad news okay well let's get into talking to our two guests emilio and uh hugh i'm going to start with you just give us a background of the form foundation just to get us going yeah, no problem at all. So um, thanks for having us. Um, so the the Fulham Football Club Foundation, it's it's the charitable arm to the football club. So it's very common across uh, so all football clubs will have a, a charitable arm, um, but we have a, a fantastic organisation. So we're winning charitable arm from FC and, you know, we're home of the, the football club for the women's team as well. Um, so at the club, our, our motto is we, we build better lives through sport uh, and we deliver a range of sort of activities and that ranges through education, health, um, inclusion uh, and sports participation programs. So we, we engage roughly around 12,000 people each season um, and that, that, as I say, splits across sort of health and well-being, social inclusion, disability, education and training and, and that will happen every week uh, across South London. So we do a huge amount of work using the FFT brand and, um, and uh, yeah, do some amazing work in the community. Okay, excellent. Emilio? Yeah, no, this is obviously thanks for joining our show, Hugh and Charlie, because I think what's obviously we see snippets, you know, the fans see it maybe like through the programme and, you know, occasionally I see the team comes onto the pitch at halftime during the season. But I think what I want to specifically get out of the show is actually get the name out there, get, you know, let's promote more of the good work that you guys are doing because sometimes it does get go under the radar because, you know, fans look at our performances on the pitch. Performances haven't been so good this season and unfortunately there's a lot of negativity, you know, with regards to the results, but what I want this show to, to to focus on is specifically around all the good work that you guys are doing. Let's see who's benefiting from all these services or this support and, you know, and also how the fa- how the fans can get more involved as well. Because I think it's it's easy to complain when things are going wrong on the pitch, but we don't always recognise all the great work that people are doing in the background. And I think that's what you know, I want to sort of use this podcast. And hopefully going forward, we can continue to work and partner with yourselves to see what we can do to continue to spread awareness participate, contribute where we can, also just, and just really recognise all the excellent work that you guys are collectively doing. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think um, what I'd like to do is just share sort of in detail of what we actually do, a bit of a, a sort of top-level stuff in, sure. in terms of our programmes, if that's okay. Absolutely, go ahead. Yeah, so just in terms of, as I say, it's split up into sort of four areas, but we, and Charles will sort of bring uh, our social closure programme to life as he's out there doing the coaching, but in terms of our health and well-being, we do do some amazing stuff and sort of our aim is sort of helping people to live better for longer uh, and sort of release some of the pressure on the NHS uh, across London. Uh, so we deliver a range of stuff. So you've probably heard of the massive uh, increase in, in things like walking football. So we have about 300 participants taking part uh, in our walking football program. We run a, a full and fit program on a Monday night for, for adults trying to lose weight and the big thing around it is actually social connection. So it's bringing, bringing people together uh, and using amazing assets such as the training ground and, and making people feel really part of the club. Um, another huge area of our sort of health work is off the back of the George Cohen campaign. So um, we raised an incredible amount of money during a campaign um, a couple of years ago to raise money to support people living with dementia, uh, but also people you know, who are actually the carers. So we work across care homes and, and provide lunches at Craven Cottage on a monthly basis for people to come and, and, and feel part of the club, but also access the stadium um, 
and actually really bring the community together. And, and regardless of your ability, uh, it's that togetherness that, that we provide. So that that area of work is is really important, and, and it's growing every every year for us, which we're really excited about. And we want to reach out and and support more of the uh, social prescribing networks that are starting to take place through the GP practices, which is is really exciting. Um, so that that's a fantastic arm of what we do. Um, disability has been part of our, our work for, for a long, long time. So we have amazing Down syndrome, uh, autism, and SEN sessions running weekly. Um, we have our, our famous Badgers team, which play on a Friday night uh, at the training ground and, and play fixtures across uh, across the country and have played across across the globe uh, with tours across around the world. Um, and uh, we were actually London's first intrusive Down syndrome football team, which has uh, been going for a long, long time now. So we're really proud of that. Um, on top of that, sort of our education training programs, we work in schools um, uh, before for breakfast clubs and, and after school clubs, um, delivering a number of primary schools and also people referral units. And then what we're doing recently, actually, which has been fantastic, is uh, our work in Feltham and Brixton Prison. So that is working with people that... Uh, they're in the prison and, and preparing them for on release. So giving people that second chance, which is, is so important in this day and age. Um, and then finally, our social inclusion program, which which I'll, I'll actually pass on to Charles. We do some amazing work uh, with refugees and, and actually a lot of young, young people on the periphery of crime. Uh, and obviously, it's a big subject matter at the minute with uh, a lot of knife crime taking place. And, and Charles will talk a, a lot about the work we do uh, in, in and across London. Yeah, so um, well, thank you guys for having me on the show um, once again. Um, so I work on the inclusion program, um, and basically our, flag, our flagship program, the Premier League flagship program, is the Kicks program, um, and that just looks to you know engage with young people, the hardest to reach in our communities, um, and those who are at risk of antisocial behaviour um, within our communities. Um, and it's just things of engaging them, you know, to, to stop them from engaging in crime, um, help them build better relationships within. Their, with their peers within their communities, um, and just so you know, just give them something extra to do. Um, it, it's quite hard for these young people um, living in, in the London city um, to you know to, to access certain things, certain provisions. Youth um, clubs have been shutting down um, for quite a long time, so there's a lot of things that are out there to you know entice young people into crime, into um, a life that they probably wouldn't want for themselves. Um, so it's our kind of job to you know to just engage them and to give them a bit of positivity in their lives, um, and we use football as the tool, the main tool to do that, um, which, is, which, is a really, which is really beneficial for, for the young people that we work with. Um, and then um, we also, you know, not just work with, with football, we, you know, we use um, things like workshops to engage them, to teach them, to upskill them, um, anything like educational employ employment opportunities um, and qualifications. I mean, we've got examples where recently we had nine young people from our programs um, complete an FA Level 1 um, course, which obviously will help them in their futures if they wanted to get into training and coaching. Um, it's, a, it's an avenue for them to, you know, to, to even come back and work for the foundation in, in that capacity. So we're just trying to use any, um, any, anything that we can to, to, you know, to help them in their life, in their career goals, um, just to ha have some aspiration in life as well. Um, so it's just all positivity, really, and and we do a lot of great work within our communities. Um, okay, and, excellent. Yeah. So and then even we we I think I've gone to the um, refugee work we we do as well. We've established I think three different um, refugee and, and migrant se sessions. So that's basically targeting young people from a refugee migrant background. 
um, that are basically isolated from our communities. They come over to this country, don't really have friends in different areas, um, and so it's just a way of getting them to engage with football as well, a way of you know instilling that confidence, giving them that something that sense of belonging, um, that you know they can see Fulham Football Club and go to the games and you know feel that you know they're part of our communities. Um, so again, our refugee programs are very, very you know very, very important to to the work that we do. Um, within our communities because it's just bridging the gap again, um, letting them feel welcome, you know, against the backdrop of um, Brexit and where yeah. people are, yeah. you know, feeling, you know, even less more part of a com- our communities. Um, it's it's, it's such, such an important thing for us to, you know, to be able to give them that sense of belonging, let them feel that they are part of the community. And football, again, is just a, such a good way and a great way to do that. A, big, a, a club like Fulham uh, is able to open their doors to these young people, I mean, they feel so special. I've got examples of um, our young people coming to a football, one of our charity football matches, getting a chance to go onto the pitch, and it was just like the best experience for him in front of 25, more than that, you know, thousand fans, getting a, a chance to, you know, to take a penalty, an opportunity that he would never really have got, you know, that's something that, you know, we, we you can't, you know, quantify how much that makes a, a difference in his life, you know? Um, and even just the opportunity to say that I go to a football session that's run by Fulham, that's got coaches from Fulham coming to teach us and play with us and engage with us. We get the opportunities to go to the games. We get the opportunities to go to the training ground and, you know, play football matches against other teams and other local boys, um, which is a great opportunity, again, to build those bridges and build those gaps where our refugee and migrant um, young people play against our local young people. And they're able to, you know, to share differences. They're able to you know, just make friends with people that they wouldn't necessarily, you know, come into the, into contact with. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now. So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Well, this is all excellent work that you guys are doing. You know, just to give an example, about 18 months ago, I, I, I did some work for a local charity in the, in, the, in Mitcham called Jigsaw for You. And uh, the found, Fulham Foundation were working very closely with me in, in terms of how do we engage with this charity because this charity focuses very much on underprivileged children so Charlie to your point you know some of these young children you know you know don't have never traveled on public transport have never been into London have ne- you know don't you know, never know what a football pitch looks like so to be given the opportunity to, to come and watch a game to be given things that we we take for granted day for day it's just it's an amazing feeling and I, I still do a lot of work for that charity and uh, again I get a, I, I get a, I get a buzz and I feel that I can give something back to a community who maybe are underprivileged, you know, less less wealthy, less have less affordability and so forth. And some, you know, it's just to see the, ch- the children's faces light up when they actually see something so exciting. That me, that, so we take these things for granted day for day. So it's uh, it's amazing all the work that you guys can do. And in terms of your remit, your remit, is it, it very much looking in the, in the community of Hampstead and Fulham, Merton, Lambeth and Kingston? Is that the, sort of the area that you guys focus on? Yeah, yeah that those areas, yeah. And in, and in terms of obviously you go out, out you know what you work with the mayor's office as well. So obviously you, you hit a very important point, a very sore point at the moment in London. The knife crime and just general crime rates in London is very very high. You know it's just unacceptable level. So 
Can you just also give some examples of the work that you've done with the mayor's office in London to see how to try help tackle some of this knife, knife crime? Because I think that's a sensitive subject to many people and many of our fans who've got young children. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, so we had, um, I mean, a couple of years back, we had the MOPAC bid where we were engaging with young people who were at risk of, you know, serious crime, violent crime. Um, and it's again, it's just, you know, focusing on engaging them in those hours of antisocial behavior of, you know, you have those hours of like maybe from five o'clock till about 10 o'clock where young people are more likely to commit crime, um, engage in crime. And instead of them being out on the streets and really doing nothing is it's a chance to get them into uh, in their communities engaging in football engaging in positive activities which then you know they it stops them from being out there in the, in the streets it stops them from being a target even um a lot of young people said if, if they didn't have the session then you know it's more likely that they would be involved or even be victims of, of knife crime and serious crime as well serious violent crime um so again it's just you know there's so many avenues that we can attack, but it is very important that we are, you know, utilising their time and keeping them off the streets at these times where serious crime and violent crime is happening and taking place. Very interesting. Charles, thank you for sharing all this. And you guys are doing such good work. And, Hugh, I want to go back to you before we go any further. I just want to say this because uh, I've been – enjoyed learning more and more about the foundation through our conversation and something uh, really hit me personally. You were talking about what the uh, foundation does for people that are dealing with dementia and, and the families that go along with that. My grandmother uh, had Alzheimer's, so I'm very sensitive to this and I'm just glad that the uh, foundation is uh, doing something about this. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's uh, not to take away the amazing work Charles does, but I, for me, it's one of the uh, most amazing programs we run because I think, it, it, as, as you probably know, uh, Alzheimer's dementia, it's really tough. I mean, you, oh, you're effectively losing someone um, yes. and they're still present and it's it's awful. And I think for me, what I, what I love about this program is it's, the unity it creates within that community and actually what we do is we use um, reminiscence cards uh, we play old music we use old programs you know Fulham programs from back in the day that fans have donated that sort of ignite older memories which for us is so important for someone to sit there but also give the carer a bit of downtime yes. to be able to come for lunch and and have that release because as it can be constant and it, it's so varied in terms of the disease so for us it's it's so important and and we know the the nhs is 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 really struggling to cope with the with the amount of pressure they have on on people people are living longer uh, but unfortunately they're living they're sicker so it, there's a lot more pressure to provide sort of opportunities in the community for people to access and uh, recently in the news it's just come out that people will push before more about social prescribing and I think for us uh, that's we're going to be central to that in terms of you know instead of being medicated they'll be referred to one of our programs and, and I think that is, is definitely the way to go and, and I think uh, we're, we're really keen to grow our, our health um, area and, and support as many people as we can. That's wonderful honestly uh learning about this really just touched me because I, it goes back to me thinking about my grandmother and those memories that you were just bringing up to you, bringing back those memories. I think they're so important that they can go back to that period 
of remembering full man. I, I think that all helps. It, it helps the person who's dealing with dementia and also the family itself. It, it really is a, a hard d- disease. So uh, thank you for what you're doing with uh, dementia. It, it is important to me. All right. Well, let's move on here. And uh, I want to talk about player engagement with the Foam Foundation. So, Hugh, could you just tell us a little bit how the players interact and engage within the charity? Yeah, of course. Um, so we, we, we're incredibly lucky. I mean, I, the, the term Fulham family gets floated around a bit, but I, for me, I've, I've been here for three and a half years and it's an incredible organization and the club uh, are so supportive of our work. Um, and that, that links down to the players. I mean, we, we have formal and um, informal ambassadors. So uh, players will come and, and visit sessions um, um, when they can uh, and also promote some of our programs and, and promote some of our fundraising events. And then we have some formal ambassadors, so the likes of Dennis Adoy and, and Tim Reen. Uh, and what I'll do is I'll just give you a few examples of, of what the guys have done this year because, as we know, these guys are heroes on the pitch. And, and, right. and for them to come and you know attend one of our sessions, and whether it's our walking football session where the guys are in their 60s or 70s or whether it's, a, it's one of our skills clubs where the kids are five, it, you know, it doesn't matter. They, 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 what they, the value they bring is incredible. Um, so a good example to Dennis is, is been absolutely amazing for us uh, this year, the last two years, and incredible guy and, uh, and so supportive of our work. And he, he regularly visits our football and education program, um, and he sort of tries to discuss the art of balancing academics and athletics. Um, and he's a very smart guy, um, and, uh, and he's visited him three times already this year, which is fantastic. And, and you know, the players really appreciate that and, uh, and really take care. Uh, take, take on board what he's saying and try and implement that in their studies and, and their day-to-day stuff on the pitch as well. Um, Cyrus Christie is visited our primary school partners um, to distribute free kit this year, which is fantastic. Um, Tim, uh, Tim Bream has, uh, has visited our Premier League girls session, um, so all about increasing female engagement and sustained activity. Um, and also what I, what I love about the club is we, we get the first team players come down, but what I've loved actually this year is we've got support from the, uh, the academy players. So the next group of young people coming through, and I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for those guys to understand what we do um, and, and sort of normalise sort of life. I think it's, it's really important. And they, they've actually attended our, uh, our full of memory sessions and also our Down syndrome sessions. So we have, a, we have an annual academy uh, under 23s game against our, our Down syndrome badges team, which is is amazing, and, and the guys are incredible on that. And and also the guys come down to our, our sort of uh, sporting memories lunch uh, and take part in that. And and we just put them on a table with some of the older guys and and let them crack on. And they and they they they're amazing. They're, and it just it's just a fantastic piece of work. And that's what I really love about the club is is regardless of what's happening, um, you know, they'll come and support us. And I think that's so important. Yeah, and I think, you know, I've been supporting the club now, what, 38, 39 years now. So it's, uh, you know, it's very much part of my family. It's part of my blood. And um, there's what's great to see is to see the the players, you know, getting involved, not just performing, playing on the pitch, but also behind the scenes. And uh, I think that's what, what me and Ross only want to do is how do we start getting more awareness and, pro- and promote exactly. our listeners and fans around the world because players are easy targets when, like, going to my earlier point, the performances aren't as good as they should be on the pitch. But what we don't necessarily see enough of is all the credit and respect that they get from the fans when they do all these act- these duties. 
duties of care, all this work they do for charity, that, that goes unnoticed. So, you know, hopefully we can work together, Hugh, Charles, uh, going forward to see how we can promote this awareness. And, you know, life's full of ups and downs, you know, you know it can't always be successful, but I, I just want the, the charity to get more awareness and credibility of what the work they do. And also the people who are involved directly in the club, they should also be recognised for all their great efforts. So, uh, so thanks for sharing those examples. It's good for fans to know that, you know, it's, so when things are, chips are down on the pitch, think about all the good work these guys are actually doing behind the scenes. It's maybe not as visible as it, as it could and should be. Um, so yeah, thanks for that. But this actually then leads on to the next point around, we talked about player engagement, but how can the fans now do more to, to help? Because obviously social media is very powerful in this current climate. You know, people use Twitter, Facebook, Instagram in various degrees and for different purposes, but this, I also see this as an opportunity. We've got our podcast today that will reach out to many thousands of listeners around the world. What, what else can the fans do to help, Hugh? Obviously, there's fundraising activity. We could talk about that in a moment. But what, what, tell us more about how you, how you want the fans to, to participate and partake and contribute where we can. So, yeah, I think uh, we, uh, every year we kind of get uh, one, one fixture. So this year it was Southampton. And, and we try and raise the profile of, uh, of the foundation and raise the money on the day as well. So... For me, the simplest way is just, you know, you can follow us on Twitter, obviously, but I think the key thing is just talk about what we do. And I think it, we've been going for 20 years, but for me, we need, we still know that when we go on a match day, there's a huge proportion of people that don't know what we do and they only see the football club. And I think, you know, we're such an important part of the club. And I think, uh, you know, let tell people, if you know about the foundation, tell someone else, tell the person you're sitting next to at Craven Cottage about the work we do. Tell them, tell them about the work Charles does, you know, every week, um, out, out and across London. I think that's that's the important thing, and uh, and really raise the profile of what we do. Um, you don't need to give us money. I think it, it, that's that's important. I think that you know it, it, fundraising is is key, but I think really sharing what we do and highlighting what we do is, is has amazing knock on effect. So I think that's really important. And um, I mean, key to my job is so I, I sort of lead on the fundraising element and and, and bringing in bringing in some money to to help us deliver our programs and. Um, what we what we've sort of had over the last two years is is amazing support from from fans getting involved in our in our in our challenge events. So we, we run a, an away day cycle. So uh, this year we're cycling down to Bournemouth, which is going to be fantastic. So if you want to get involved, please please get in touch. Um, and we've got a 10k run. Uh, and uh, one something we've we've actually just uh, launched at the Brighton game is. A lot of, uh, of the fans might remember this is, is the Fulham Flutter. Um, okay. So it's a great opportunity. Do you, do you guys remember the Fulham Flutter? I do, yeah. I certainly do. used to buy tickets. Never successful, but it was just, it's, again, it brings a bit of a buzz amongst the fans, especially at half time when the announcements are made for who, who, you know, who wins what. So, yeah, if you can give, obviously there's a Flutter tomorrow, fans around the world. So, you, you know, Hugh, tell us more about the, uh, the potential prizes that fans can win if they donate and buy some of these tickets online? Yeah, of course. So, so the Fulham Flutter was, I think it was about five or six years ago, and um, it, it's a really simple concept. So um, we, have, we have an online platform. You buy tickets, £2, and you're going to draw to, to win some prizes. So we've got some great prizes. We've got a match-worn uh, Callum Chambers shirt from the, the Samson game, which we won 3-2. We've got um, a director's box ticket for the Fulham Everton game. Uh, and then there's obviously a chance to win uh, some a cash part there. Um, but every ticket bought will support the foundation. So get involved, support us. It's in, and it's a bit of fun. So um, 
it's really easy. Just www.fullandflutter.com, um, buy a ticket and, and get involved for the game tomorrow and, and get yourself a chance to win some prizes. Fantastic, guys. I just want to mention this because, again, I'm here in America. I'm outside of uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm familiar with foundations, of the Patriots Foundation, the Jimmy Fund for the Red Sox, and they all have their wonderful causes. And why I'm so happy we're able to have you on here today is to create more awareness of what the Fulham Football Club Foundation does because you're doing so much good work, and we need to spread the word. So thank you guys for coming on. But before we do, I just want to mention this. I mentioned this to you guys off air that uh, I actually made a donation several years ago when one of my co-hosts challenged me not to say the name of the other club in full. And it became something on the show that each time I would say the C word, we would say, I would then donate five pounds to the Fulham Football Club Foundation. We would tally it up at the end of the season. I think it, it ended up being around 70 pounds. So I made my donation. <laughs> but Fantastic. I just want to say, really, what you're doing is fantastic, and I'm just glad that we could have both of you on. So, Charles, Hugh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for having us, and, um, yeah, enjoy the game tomorrow. Okay. That's fantastic, guys. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. I just want to thank my guests, Hugh Thompson and, and Charles Adamino from the Fulham Football Club Foundation, of course, my co-host, Emilio Donnell. So, again, thank you, everyone, for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.